And with that, we welcome you back into another great episode of the One Giant Podcast. I, as always, am Adam Armbrecht. Over there is Andy Makowitz. The schedule, Andy. It's official. We know when and where the 2020 season will take place. Yeah, I never thought I'd be excited for non-football as much as I have been about the NFL draft and then the corresponding schedule release. Listen, this is what this is what gets you pumping when you're doing a podcast, you know, once, twice, thrice a week sometimes. You're definitely going to find yourself diving in on way more content than you anticipated. And this is probably an area where even pre-podcast, I always liked looking at where the Giants might go in the draft and some of the combine stuff. But I never really worried too much about the schedule. I was kind of like, okay, when the season starts, it starts. I, I really don't care outside of maybe divisional games. So now instead, it is this big buildup. And in a time when there isn't a lot of, there's no sporting action, right? The last dance is the biggest thing out there. This actually took center stage in a lot of way from a from a sports news standpoint. Yeah, I was talking to a friend and I'm like, 7.30, it sounds like all the teams are, are tweeting out their schedule. And he's like, who cares about the schedule? And I was like, am I the only one that actually cares what the schedule looks like? <laughs> and and then and then I'm, I'm arguing with him, like, you don't understand. Like, wh- where we play Cincinnati really matters in the grand scheme of things. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, th- this is how little sports we have available to us that I'm arguing with friends about when we'd rather play certain teams. And I have never really done that before yeah well listen so we're gonna dive into it and we kind of we kind of thought the approach would be to go chunk by chunk let's break it down like a game quarter by quarter and see where the schedule matches up but on the front end Andy what was the kind of the news from the NFL side of things about how they're tiptoeing towards the season but still managing it in terms of expectations yeah shout out to John Clayton who uh reported this uh the morning of very early the morning of, of the the schedule release saying the NFL is is trying to make contingency plans uh within the schedule and the way that they did it was making sure that there are no divisional games uh starting within the first 4 weeks um so as you can see from the way the giant schedule works um, they don't start with a division rival until week five, October 11th, at, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and then it'll run off three games in a row. That'll be where they face division opponents. Uh, home for the Skins in week six, and then Eagles on the road week seven. So smart that the NFL gave themselves the flexibility because what's the premise, right? We can take those first four weeks and rotate it down to the back end of the season, right? Well, the, the weird thing, Adam, is, is the NFL didn't do this for all teams, and I just don't understand that. You know, they, they did it for the, the Giants, where they don't have an, a, a divisional rival at any point coming up in the first four weeks. But you look at the AFC East, the Jets are traveling on September 13th, game one of the season, to the Buffalo Bills. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious about how the schedule was actually made, where the Giants don't play a divisional game for almost a month, whereas a lot of these other teams are playing divisional games right off the bat. So I'm guessing then if, if behind the scenes, from, just from a scheduling standpoint, it's probably almost impossible to avoid divisional games. But what you're kind of saying is for the Giants scenario, we'll get into it, but those first four weeks, they shuffle down. Now all of a sudden their start of the season becomes ramped up with three straight weeks of divisional games. Whereas for say the Jets, they would flip-flop it, and now the back end of their season gets loaded up with divisional games. So I, I guess they're, you know, they're trying to feather it, but the, the other little footnote about it was basically the NFL said any week 
could be the opening week of the season now. That's also the way they're looking at it. So, uh, you know, we can talk about first four weeks, last four weeks, and all that kind of stuff. But then the reality is they could say, yeah, it's going to start. What was your week six is now going to be opening opening game of the season, and we're just going to figure it out from there. Yeah, I mean, the, the running joke is they basically put the Cowboy game at week five so that if the season gets delayed about a month, then just like it has been five of the last seven years, the Giants would open up against the Dallas Cowboys, right? Which I, some people said, like, I know fans online and stuff, like, oh, thank goodness, like, finally, we don't have to play Dallas. Like, I actually liked that game. Like, I thought that that was really fun. Like, you go on the road, it's a tough matchup, right? But there were a couple of years there when we were actually getting the best of the Dallas Cowboys on opening games. Didn't matter for the rest of our season, but we were actually uh, disrupting Jerry Jones and his Jerry world when he had first opened up the new stadium. So that was kind of a feather in the cap, I thought. Well, I think it's, it's, it's one or the other, right? Like, either we play the Dallas Cowboys every single opening game, and that is like the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving, right? Like, mm-hmm. you make it the, the thing that you do. Or just do a normal schedule. Like five of the last seven years, that's just wildly inconsistent. It's like you probably are going to play Dallas week one, but we're going to leave you in suspense. And so five of the last seven years we have, and then this time we open up at home, Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we get into the game specifically, Mm. just look at the schedule holistically. When it came out, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, There's... There's some rough patches, I, I think, is the initial thought. There were a couple of, couple of teams that I, I would have liked to have seen earlier in the year, like the Cardinals, the Browns, uh, even, uh, you know, the Ravens don't really matter there. I'll say Cardinals and Browns. I would have liked to have seen them earlier in the year for the Giants just because I think that they'll only get better as the year goes on. So I wouldn't have minded that. But uh, I, I, I do like having that three-game stretch there, weeks five to seven, and really go weeks five uh, through ten and the Giants will play a total of uh, five games out of six against divisional opponents. So I think the, the meaty part of the season for the Giants is going to be very divisional rivalry and, and very determining for their, their season. So I felt very similar to you, but for different reasons. So I'm not necessarily looking at the Cardinals and the Browns games. I'm, I'm looking at two different games, and I really wish the schedule would have been flipped. I think the order in which we play these teams is not to the Giants' advantage. I think it's more of a detriment. And I say that because, you know, we go after the bye week, granted, we go travel November 29th to the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, week 12 is not where you really want to be getting the Bengals. You want to be getting the Bengals week one or week two. Um, You know, the reason is pretty simple. They have number one overall pick, franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Me personally, I'd rather – you know, be able to play a rookie quarterback with zero starts under his belt, not maybe not understanding the speed and the skill that some of these NFL players have. So for me, I would have loved that game earlier rather than giving him 10 to 12 starts to really get his feet underneath him. And then secondly, uh, you know, the, the following game is against the Seahawks in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, on December 6th. And I'd much rather the Seattle game be earlier on in the season for the sole fact that the 12th man is such a huge advantage in their, and their fans and their stadium, you know, we had, I think seven or eight offense, you know, false starts on offense. Uh, the last time that we played there, if we got them earlier in the season, there's actually a significantly higher chance that there will be no fans in the stadium. And then all of a sudden that removes the home field advantage that the Seahawks love having. Yeah. And that's fair too. Cause it, it, you, you'd love to think that if you're going to play, 
Well, I'll say this. If you could play the Seattle Seahawks early in the season with no fans versus – potentially with no fans and just straight up see what happens versus later in the year when you could be facing the 12th man, that's definitely a factor. On the positive side of it, what I will say is for the most part, uh, this is a schedule where they go home away, home away, back-to-back weeks four and five away. But then again, right back to the home away, home away. So they very much get to come back to the comfy confines of New York, New Jersey area. And then the last four games as well, after you come out of the bye week, two road games that you highlighted there was Cincinnati and Seattle. But then they do get three out of their last four will be at home. So, you know, tougher matchups certainly. Would have liked to have faced them in some different uh, different times of the schedule. But at least you get to close out, right, primarily being at home in the big divisional matchup with the Cowboys. I just really wish if I had my druthers, Adam, uh-huh. uh, if, if we could either swap the Bengals or the Seahawks game in for our week four matchup at the Rams, that would be a huge advantage for us. Because to be honest with you, whether we play the Rams in week four or week 13, it doesn't really matter. There's going to be the same amount of fans, which is none because no one in LA cares about football or the Rams at this point. So I'd rather move one of those other games up and play the Rams, uh, you know, a little bit later on in the season. Um, but again, I just don't think the schedule really, uh, lended itself to positivity for giant fans, but I think, you know, as we break this down uh, at the end of the day, maybe it changes one win, two wins, but for a team that I don't think has playoff aspirations this year, um, it's not necessarily the, the difference between making the playoffs or getting a buy or something like that. No, yeah, and that's like that that week three home game against the Niners. I could shuffle that anywhere on the schedule knowing that it's probably going to be a loss. Like maybe I'd I'd love to see that game uh, week 10 when you're about to go into a bye week, right? So, okay, maybe it's going to be a loss, but lick your wounds and come back out strong against the Bengals or whoever and and maybe pull up. You can't – we didn't get the chance, but pull up that Eagles home game week three and and see if you catch them off guard a little bit. But that being the case, let's go quarter quarter by quarter here and – Boldly, boldly, sir. Let's call out those wins and losses and just give a a sense of at least baseline where we think this team could be as we work our way through the schedule. Home game opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were eight and eight last year, finished the season on a two and three record run. Uh, Listen, Roethlisberger, right? He's the question mark up there in years. Lost fellow draft mate in Eli Manning this past offseason, but do you think that the Steelers are basically that 500 kind of team and, and, and how do you approach that week one setup? Well, Big Ben is always difficult to play against. I still think that he, you know, when healthy, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I, I do love anecdotally. They asked him, uh, they asked one of uh, his friends close to him what his offseason regimen is in, in getting healthy this year, and he basically said, "Oh, yeah, Big Ben's offseason program is uh, doing some yoga, then playing golf, and drinking a ton of beer." So at least we have that as as you know, looking forward to, to week one. Yeah, he is, he is balancing Yoga. it out pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think actually this is one of the few games that uh, the schedule works for the Giants. I If you're going to play Big Ben, I want him uh, coming off a year worth of rest because of injuries. Maybe there's a little bit of rust. Maybe he's still getting used to some of, some of the new pieces that they uh, took in the draft. So for me, I actually like where the Giants set up here, and I like the Giants in this game. I think they're going to come out week one and get a win against the Steelers. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the same mindset. Uh, the Roethlisberger health and conditioning maybe being a factor. And just in general, listen, they were an 8-8 team. They play in a, in a tough division with the Ravens, obviously. But I just think that it's a winnable game there early. Maybe the inconsistent offseason plays into a factor for us. And I, I'd like to think that at the onset, 
Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, right? Just, you know, a little bit of spice out of the gate and, and get a big victory. So I'll, I'll chalk that up there as well, coming out the doors and, and getting a W. Week two, we head over to Chicago to take on the Bears. A little bit of a, a flux there potentially at their – oh, by the way, real quick footnote, Steelers. We'll get to take a look at, 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 uh, at uh, Mr. Claypool, my, 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 draft, my draft hopeful that never came to pass. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up. Painful spot. But now we're in Chicago. Nick Foles is signed there. So the the QB situation very much in flux. We talked about that on a previous episode. Uh, You're you're on the road. Obviously, solid defense there. What say you in that week, too? Well, this is a tough one because, again, there's so many different scenarios. Is there going to be fans? Do they have a starting quarterback named? Like, what's going on with them? I think it's pretty difficult to really understand that. You know, with that said, it still is Chicago. Um, you know, we are getting them a little bit earlier in the season as opposed to potentially when, you know, the weather gets a little bit worse and, and the wind starts kicking up there. Interestingly enough, they have two of the worst quarterbacks, uh, you know, in terms of total QBR. I think uh, when you look at Mitch Trubisky, he was – I think the, the two worst in the league were actually Mitch Trubisky and uh, Nick Foles wasn't, wasn't too far behind him in, in the grand scheme of things. So – with all that said, I don't know. This feels like a game that the Giants should win, but won't. So I'm going to go with a loss for the Giants. Hmm. Yeah. And listen, for a lot of the reasons you say, I just think, is Chicago a solid team? Yep. But do I think that they're beatable? Yes, as well. We obviously has had some recent experience with them in the last couple of seasons. But this, I know it's a road game. I know there'll be a tough defensive matchup. But I'm looking at it as the Giants offensively are going to be in a decent rhythm to start because for the most part, you have familiarity with all your, your key positional players and weapons. They haven't changed anything in the wide receiver group, right? Everyone's going to have familiarity there. You know, the backfield, you've added Deion Lewis. And then I think schematically, they're going to do enough where, where Chicago is going to be required to score, let's say 21 points, 24 points to beat us. And they don't quite get there. So I'll take the W there. And uh, listen, we're, we're off to a, a rampant start. I got, I got the Giants hot out the gates 2-0. and And then we head back home for a little action with the Super Bowl runner-up 49ers. Speaking of Super Bowl, are you calling it this early? Are you, are you saying yeah. the Giants <laughs> yeah, are going yeah. to Super Bowl 2-0, and feeling, feeling confident? Let's work our way through the schedule and just see where I come out by the end of it before we go before we go chalking up any any Lombardi chance that we want to get into. Uh, 49ers, you know, I'll let you take the take your stance on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna gild the lily and just say, listen, it's a loss for us. I'm gonna come out the gate and say that out of the way, right? Listen, there's there, there's a lot of games that we can dive into uh, some of the different interesting factoids about it. I think this one's pretty simple. The the 49ers are still stacked. They have a really good team. Uh, I just don't see the Giants uh, being able to pull the upset off. And so let, let's chalk this one up to a, to a loss. I don't think we need to really say too much more, you know, and let's think about <laughs> focusing on the next game. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say? You know, the LA Rams uh, to finish up the first quarter of the season. Yeah. And listen, this is again, another team. They've, they've changed some things over, gotten rid of some of the older veteran players on that roster uh, this comes down to me is the confidence in golf, right? W- what is this offense going to look like now? And obviously Todd Gurley it takes his talents to Atlanta in, in the off season as well. So this is a hard team to get your sense of. And this is one of those ones where I feel like the first three weeks looking, looking out there and saying, Oh, okay. I, I kind of get a sense of where the Rams are coming into this season, as opposed to right now, it feels very much in flux for a team that in the expanded uh, playoff scenarios that they're talking about would have made it into the playoffs. 
uh, this past season as well. It's something to remember, you know, for them. So they technically would be a playoff team, and you have to wonder if the Giants are going to be able to stack up against them. I've gone back and forth with this one. Um, for me personally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going loss on this one. I, I just, and I, I wanted to go win here, but I just think that by week four we're going to know what this slightly new looking Rams team is. And I think they're going to be pretty, pretty competitive, pretty talented. Yeah. So what's interesting about the Rams is, uh, you know, Todd Gurley and and Brandon cooks are now gone to staples and pillars of of their offense. But actually I think it's, it's potentially going to benefit the Rams. Uh, You know, they basically relied so heavily and had a huge contract with Todd Gurley couldn't stay healthy. Wasn't really productive after he had some, some of those knee injuries, you look at Brandon Cooks, very similar. When he's on the field, he was he was playing great, but concussions are, are, are a big challenge for him. And so, you know, not having contingency plans or, or, you know, creating an offense around two of those dynamic playmakers hadn't really worked out for them as much as they hoped. Like you said, still would have been a playoff team and, and snuck in. I actually think it's going to benefit the Rams to, to move on from those two people and start fresh. And, you know, I, I really like Sean McVay, and I think he's going to be able to figure it out. So I have this as a loss for the Giants. So as we come out of those first, uh, those first four weeks, the first quarter of the season, Andy Makowitz stands with the, with the Giants taking some lumps early on here. They get the, the opening week win and then cannot find their way to victory the rest of the way there. I have them opening up 2-0. and So we currently stand at 2-2 and for myself with Andy at 1-3. and So the, the road ahead is already looking grim. I'm going, uh, and I think these are winnable games, but I'm going with the Giants come out strong under the new regime to start the season off. We turn it over, second quarter of the season. We're heading, we want to head towards that midway point. Dallas Cowboys on the road. So we get that first meeting of the year with a divisional opponent. Uh, where, the, where do you think Dallas is at this stage, week five of the season? And what do you think this game is going to look like for the Giants? Yeah, I mean, this, this is a stretch of, you know, five of six games that the, that the Giants are going to play against division rivals. And that's what happens when you stack the schedule with no division games in the first four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I think the easiest thing to say, because I don't want to uh, labor the point here, is really, you know, a successful division uh, record for the Giants would be three and three. I think if you can get to 500 against your division rivals, that'd be great. And that essentially means splitting games with with each of the teams. You know, Dallas is stacked. Uh, Their offense looks amazing. You know, we say it every year, but I think this year they're really going to be, you know, the top offense in the league and and potentially very explosive. I have this as a loss for the Giants. Yeah, so do I. Listen, um, again, if the season gets pushed back a little bit, the start of it, and that rotating flip-flop happens, maybe Dak Prescott isn't starting this game. Maybe he's doing the Zeke Elliott holdout early in the year here, and he misses a few games, and, and that can shift the dynamic of what our expectations are. But on the face, they added more offensive explosiveness there, so I take that as a loss. We pivot over to week six where we're back home, friendly confines. The Washington Redskins come in, and again, I think uh, this is going to be you for you it starts to get pretty important because you're talking about a four game losing streak that the Giants are riding I have them now having lost three in a row so trying to get themselves right back on track I put them down for a win and get to one and one in the division yeah I I think this is a win for the Giants I think um you know I'm I'm not a a huge believer in Dwayne Haskins and I think this is a must-win game for the Giants you know even if even if the team doesn't have potential playoff aspirations uh at one and four which is where I have the record at I, this is just a got to protect the the home turf against a team that drafted no you know uh, earlier than you in the draft for a reason. They're just not a good team. So chalk it up to uh, a, a double digit win for the Giants. 
And first opportunity for us, and we're going to highlight these as we go through. I mentioned Chase Claypool. Here's a scenario where you're going to get a look at, if you're one of the fans, right, what the Giants could have done in the draft if they hadn't beaten the Redskins last year. You'll see Chase Young, obviously, he'll be coming after after uh, Daniel Jones off the edge here. So, and it'll be, and it'll could be lining up right across from our fourth overall pick in the draft, Andrew Thomas. So we're going to get to see that matchup early and often here, but I still think overall, even under Ron Rivera, probably another year before before Washington really turns a bit of a corner and starts to push. I think they're a year behind us in terms of, you know, rebuilding that team. Uh, week seven on the road, the third divisional game in a row. You finally get them off the skid there against the Skins. On the road against the Eagles, are you sniffing an upset here for Big Blue? I mean, you're, you're teeing me up, and the answer is yes. And, and the reason why is because – you know, we're in week seven. That is plenty of time for Carson Wentz to get hurt like he does every single year. And so <laughs> I think I think we'll probably be playing Jalen Hurts on that Thursday night. And I think we're going to get the better of a young rookie. I, I, I say it tongue in cheek, but I genuinely think that there's a very good chance that Carson Wentz isn't healthy for at least one of the Eagles games. And I'm picking this one. So I'm chopping this up to a, a short week, potentially playing a rookie QB backup. Giants get the win on the road. Very nice, man. Uh, I've added this one around as well uh, because they're coming off that win against the Skins, third straight divisional game, and then you're going on the road two out of those three. I just think they don't quite get over the hump. Uh, and this is one of those things from a big picture that we'll talk about in the back end of our, of our schedule coverage. Where is this team currently on the Giants' side of things in terms of its evolution? And I think defensively, we'll be getting there. We'll be right on the cusp of really starting to turn a corner, but not quite there yet. So I have them losing a tight one on the road in Philly close out midway point of the season now where we get to get to think about where they stand it's the Buccaneers coming to town on a Thursday evening Tom Brady comes in Eli Manning nowhere to be seen so he has to take on the young gun and Daniel Jones Adam Tom Brady doesn't play Thursday night games it's a Monday night football game for the New York excuse me I apologize and and fun fact for all you Giant fans this is the first time in the 51 year history of Monday night football that the New York football giants will be hosting two Monday night football games. One, one to open it up against big Ben and another one later on in the season against Tom Brady. Thought that was interesting to note. Um, yeah. I, feel, it's, I, I it's, fell prey to the rumor, yeah. the rumor of Thursday night football. That's what I fell prey to. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I fell prey to the, we were opening up against the Cowboys, uh, you know, early on cause I just needed all the schedule leaks. Um, this one, this one is, is a tough one to really uh, look at. I think, you know, there's different arguments to be able to say, do we want Tampa early before Tom Brady meshes with all those weapons? Do we want them later where we get them in cold weather? And, and you know, while Tom, you know, played in Foxborough all those years, some of those other players are, are you know, accustomed to the nice 85 and sunny down in Tampa all, almost all year round. Mm-hmm. I have this one as a loss for the, for, the, for the Giants. No Eli Manning anymore, so we don't have the Tom Brady killer. I, I just think they have too many weapons on offense and they get the win. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing for me with the Buccaneers, remember, end of the last end of last season, coming into the year was supposed to be a strong defense. Didn't look like it early, but started to figure some things out as they move through the year. So I think the defense is going to be stronger. I'm very interested to see, you know, Bruce Arians couldn't fix Jameis Winston, but you're talking about a guy that gets that tag of quarterback guru, and obviously there's maybe no one better than Bill Belichick. But I'll be interested to see how this offense looks and how Tom Brady looks with arguably the best set of weapons that he's ever had in his career. You could maybe say now with Tampa Bay, obviously he's a different quarterback than he was early, but that, that's going to make this one really interesting. I, I wanted to, I want to go win here 
but if I base it even off of just what we saw last year, right? Giants lose, uh, beat the, the, the Bucks on a missed field goal late with Jameis Winston at quarterback. I think just the adjustment of put in Tom Brady, take out Jameis Winston, and you're looking at a different outcome. So I, I put this one down as a loss. And now as we get to the midway point of the season, interestingly enough, you went two and two over this quarter, the, the second quarter of the year, whereas I had the Giants going one and three, only grabbing that win against the Washington Redskins. So we end up <laughs> at, the same, at the same point sitting here uh, talking about being a team uh, that, that's looking at – a very similar record. So we're, but we're getting there from different routes, but we're both finding ourselves at the same result midway through the season. Yeah. I, I think we, we varied in a, in a couple of wins and losses. I think there are a couple of coin flip games, uh, you know, in the early part of the season, I think there's a couple of games that are probably uh, losses, you know, especially that San, San Francisco game, just by the looks of things. But when we turn it over to the second half of the year, uh, this is where things start getting interesting. You know, we, we both have the, the same number, but I think we could start seeing some separation in, in, in our predictions here. You know, November 8th at the Washington Redskins. Adam, what do you think? You know, it's interesting because go back, remember this one went to went to overtime, right? Two teams battling it out. Um, if I take it on its face, I, I think that we've had a better overall offseason. I think that we should have more talent there. We, we, I gave us the home victory uh, in week six here. When I looked over, you know, you, start, you start really start to look over this schedule and you think about wins and losses. I honestly, unfortunately, I, I think that we could lose this game. Uh, again, you're coming off a difficult stretch there, even with home games, a lot of division matchups. And I, I think this could be a shootout kind of one that maybe the Giants don't pull out. However, I'm going to put it down for a W. I, I, I think that if the Giants are going to have any type of stability over the course of the season, these are a couple of games against the Redskins. You have to chalk up as Ws when you look at, when you look at it, right? I'm thinking that, that this game is Kyle Allen. I think by week eight or nine, oh, interesting. Okay. Are, Ron Rivera is done with the Dwayne Haskins experiment. A lot of people are telling me, well, you know, Dwayne Haskins was pretty good in the last couple of games of the year. He finally got his feet underneath him. He had a 26.4 QBR last year. It was the worst by a mile, by almost 30% of the entire league. And, and second to last was Mason Rudolph. And guess what? Third to last was actually Kyle Allen. And the, and the reason why I say that is because I still think this is the Giants win. It doesn't matter whether it's Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen. I do think that, you know, he's, you know, Haskins is not the answer for the Redskins. So I'm predicting – both Carson Wentz is not going to be there for the first game against the Eagles and Dwayne Haskins won't be there for the second game against the Redskins. I got a Giants win. So do you, so you think that under Ron Rivera, just as a side note, that, that Dwayne Haskins is already, that his time is already done? Well, I, I, think, I think he's on the clock and mm. n nothing is more telling than the fact that Ron Rivera left Carolina and then immediately traded for Kyle Allen, who was mm. his starting quarterback there uh, for, for quite a few games. So, you know, Ron Rivera has no allegiance to Dwayne Haskins. He's coming in saying, I need to win football games. If this guy's not going to get me a win, I at least know what this guy Kyle Allen's going to get me. Who knows when Alex Smith will be back, if ever. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I just see this as if they go one and four, one and five, and, and Dwayne Haskins looks the same way that he has, I think, I don't, I don't think he starts the second half of the season. Yeah, and that's reasonable to think. And yeah, you'd like to you'd like to say that Ron Rivera has a lot of stature, right? Has a track record that when he took this job, it was I get that you demanded ownership that they draft Dwayne Haskins, but I need to have the open slate of I get to put the best quarterback out there. I'll give him a leash, 
He'll have the opportunity, but at a certain point, if I need to pull the plug, it's just time to turn the page. Week 10, the uh, Giants will go back home and take on the Philadelphia Eagles. As we mentioned, they lost to the Idol, them going down for a loss in week seven against the Eagles. Here in week 10 at home, Andy, are you, so are you calling for a sweep of division rival Philadelphia Eagles? Carson Wentz had time to, to rehab his, his injury. I think Jalen Hurts goes back to the bench. Carson Wentz comes in. They're reeling from that Thursday night loss early in the season. I think the Eagles come into Giants Stadium and take the W. And you know what? Because I had them losing on that road game, I think that maybe they can steal one off of the Eagles. It, it really becomes pretty important when you think about the divisional record and, and you know where you're going to stand. Um, you know, honestly, though, that being the case, I called for a loss in week seven. Uh, to your point, I think this team is going to be finding its rhythm. Remember, everyone's talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles won the division last year. In spite of having 13 tight ends and zero wide receivers, Carson Wentz still made that happen. So uh, I- I'm going to put this one down as unfortunately a week 10 home loss for the Giants and, and one that I think they could have an opportunity to, to play in. And at this stage of the, of the season, you're thinking about, you know, where potentially – are the Giants going to see some, some leaps forward on the defensive side of the ball? And where's that offensive line standing too, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, moving forward, the, the Bobby could not come at a better time for the Giants. They go through, you know, five to six games uh, against division rivals, get a week to, to catch your breath, and they come back November 29th at the Cincinnati Bengals. Adam, sh- surely you have this as a win, right? Actually, and I, I do. I, and I, I know that this is going to be a more difficult matchup than people think on paper right now as it stands. Even with, we know it's Joe Burrow. They also brought an extra weapon at the wide receiver position to go along with maybe a recovering A.J. Green there. So, you know, you, you, it could be explosive. However, if you're the Giants and you're talking about taking marginal steps forward, you have to be able to look across the schedule and target some winnable games. I think this is winnable. I think that if it means we have to score a lot, so be it. But this should be a game on the road. I'm coming off of the loss there against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, getting a big win out of the bye week. Two weeks for Joe Judge and this coaching staff to target Joe Burrow, learn from the first half of the season in his tape, and give him some looks that maybe the rookie still is taking some lumps at this point. Yeah, I, I weighed this, you know, having the bye week and then playing a rookie QB is really nice. And you got to think that the Giants will come prepared. My biggest challenge is that we didn't get the Bengals earlier on in the season. I mentioned it at the top of the, of the show. Getting Joe Burrow in week one or week two when he hasn't played an NFL snap is, is way better for the Giants than getting him in week 10 or week 12, you know, later on in the season. And so, I don't know, Giants traveling, you look at the schedule, you think this is one that you probably put a check mark next to. I am not that quick to think the Giants are going to get this win. I actually have them going to Cincinnati and losing, um, knowing that Joe Burrow is going to have that experience under his belt. So, Unfortunately, the Giants drop yet another one after the bye week. Yeah, and listen, it's, it's not without the realm of possibility, and, and it'll be interesting to think about, again, how do these teams look as you're progressing through? Some teams that maybe you thought better of have started to slide a little bit, and then a developing team like the Bengals all of a sudden maybe takes, at least even offensively, let's just say, a big step forward. Uh, we followed up with that road game that we highlighted at the top against the Seattle Seahawks. This one, uh, I, I won't, I won't uh, bury the lead. I, I see it as a loss. Remember, this is a team that won 11 games last year uh, in spite of going two and three over their final five. They are a competitive team. They have Russell Wilson. Uh, They did a couple of great things. Talked about highlights throughout this draft class. 
They got Darrell Taylor, uh, an edge rusher that I really thought could have been valuable. They moved up to get him. Got Jordan Brooks as well, a player that we had highlighted in our pre-draft coverage. So I think they've gotten younger and more exciting on defense. This feels like the new Legion of Boom territory and, and, and what will be an important game by week 13 for the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be a, a crunch time for them in terms of positioning from a playoff standpoint, I think. Uh, did, did you say they still have Russell Wilson? I did note that, yes. As far as I hear, they still have him at quarterback. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's not labor the point. Giants traveling to Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. N- no need to say much more. I have this as a Giants loss. And there you go. So this brief pause here before we go into the final quarter of the season, I come out of that third quarter of the year, three and one for the Giants, getting getting some nice vic- – oh, sorry, two and two. I apologize. I was, I was, trying, I was trying to get them three and one, trying to – Trying to trick the record there a little bit if I could. Uh, so I go two and two. Andy finds himself uh, sitting there at one and three. So on the overall now, I have the team there at five and seven, while Andy is now at four and eight, unfortunately. So I think we're both, you know, we're both close, right? We're, we're splitting hairs a little bit in terms of where some of these wins and losses go. Now we head into three out of the last four games are at home for the Giants. However, you're talking about, I mentioned at the top, Cardinals and Browns at home, followed up with uh, AFC runner-up Baltimore Ravens, and then, of course, the Week 17 home matchup with division rival Dallas Cowboys. This feels like a stretch that I would have liked to had at a different time of the year for the Giants. Uh, Cardinals out the gate there, difficult matchup, new toy for for Murray. I think he's going to be taking the next step in his evolution. High-powered offense. We get to see the player that could have been in Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side of the ball here. And I have this going for a loss. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair that we just come out on the losing end of. So I'm, I know that you're uh, excited about seeing the progression of the Cardinals. I, as a dark horse for all you betting fans out there, I am going to be putting some, some dollars uh, around Kyler Murray to be the MVP this year. That's how much I, th- I think he's going to take a step. You still have Larry Fitzgerald uh, on one side. You add DeAndre Hopkins, you know, David Johnson, addition by subtraction, just knowing that he's been hurt and hasn't really contributed the last year and year and a half. I I have the Cardinals winning this game. I I do see a high scoring game, but I I think they might might win this game handily against the Giants. Yeah. And you're talking about year two in the offense, right? Another opportunity for, for Murray to understand and grow within that system as well. Week 15. Cleveland Browns, the return of OBJ to, to the New York, New Jersey area to take on his former team. What's your line on this one? Where do you, where do you see this one shaking out from a win and loss? And, and maybe where, what do you see from Odell Beckham Jr. in this game as well? Well, yep, it's the Odell Beckham show. You can only imagine what the New York newspapers are going to write about the week leading up to this game. I don't think there'll be a single article written without mentioning Odell Beckham Jr.'s name. Um, you know, listen, there are no more excuses for Baker Mayfield. The The Cleveland Browns did everything they could in the offseason and in the draft to make this team ha- have an embarrassment of riches. They, they, drafted, they drafted a tackle. They paid your boy, Jack Conklin, the most money ever for a right tackle. They have invested in the offensive line to keep him upright. They, you know, they are looking at Baker Mayfield saying it is time. You know, I, I am way more bullish on Kyler Murray than I am Baker Mayfield, although I think he can be a competent starting quarterback in this league. I, with all those offensive weapons, I really, I, it, nothing would make me happier than to see Odell Beckham 
stand up there and, and have to be at the podium after the Giants hand it to the Cleveland Browns. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be a win for the Browns and the, and the Giants are, are reeling in on the losing streak in my scenario. Yeah, at this point, we go back. They haven't won a game on your slate since week oh, sorry, week uh, nine against the, against the Washington Redskins. So they are reeling in, in your scenario with four straight losses here. Uh, coming off the Cardinals one, again, back-to-back home games. So the Giants you know, get to lick their wounds a little bit and welcome in visitors. Uh, this, not unlike the Cardinals one, I think it's going to be the same kind of scenario. A little more defense-dependent here because uh, I think Cleveland has some talent on that side. They obviously upgraded with with my boy Conklin on that offensive line there as well. But I'm going to put this one down for, for a win. And, and in the grand scheme of things, I maybe want to pick between the Cardinals or the Browns game and say that either one of those is winnable. So it's, you know, take your, take your pick here a little bit. And I'll just say that coming off the loss, uh, coming off of back-to-back losses with the Seattle game thrown in as, as well, that they're able to pull this one out. And I think it'll come down to your point, quarterback play. Baker Mayfield is there. Um, I don't think he's 100% a lock as to being the solution there. I think he has high upside and is one of the better options that Cleveland has had recently. But from a Giants perspective, I think if this is a QB against QB matchup and this is where Daniel Jones maybe makes a little bit of a statement for himself and gets the Giants a nice home victory. Week 16, friends. Say hello to the runner-up for the Super Bowl contention, lost to the eventual Super Bowl winners in the Baltimore Ravens. Andy, how deep do you want to dive on this conversation with Lamar Jackson and, and, that, and that crew down there from Baltimore? Well, I think the only question is, have they wrapped up the division yet? Are they resting any players? Um, but uh, under this scenario, I think they're still looking to try to get the top seed, get get a bye, you know, out-duel out the Chiefs. I have this as a loss for the Giants. Lamar Jackson has looked amazing. As long as he's healthy and on the field, I think there's such a dynamic offense that this is a loss for the Giants. Yeah, and I talked about it before about, to your point, where where are some of these teams in the season later in the year? At the end of the day, uh, I think that they'll still have things to play for. And I don't want to bank on the fact that they're resting people as far as how my results are orientated. So I chalked this up as a loss as well. And then it's the week 17 matchup closing out the year against the Dallas Cowboys at home. Again, three out of four games to close out the year at home for the Giants. So, so at least friendly from that standpoint, I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one, I guess. I don't, I think that the Cowboys are going to have something to play for. I think them and the Eagles are going to be uh, in a battle for the division for the division by the end of the year. And I think that the Giants can play upset special here. I think that they can knock off the Cowboys at home in what will be just a dynamic final drive opportunity for Daniel Jones kind of scenario. But I, I think that this could be something that the Giants fans get to hang their hat on at the end of the year as a, a banner accomplishment kicking the Dallas Cowboys to the curb and not allowing them to make the playoffs potentially uh, in the division going up against the Eagles. So I think uh, I'm, I'm not looking too highly on the Eagles this year. I think Wentz gets hurt. So I have the Cowboys uh, winning the division. I think they've already got it pretty much wrapped up by this point. I think that, you know, they're not going to have as much to play for it as, as you believe. So I think this is a winnable game for the Giants. Try to get momentum going into the, the you know the following year. You know, jaded Giant fans will probably say, "Why are we winning games that we shouldn't when we could get a higher draft pick?" But I think it, you know, anytime you beat the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it feels pretty good. So I have this as a, as an end of the year, put a bow on it, feel okay about the the team, uh, you know, going into the following season. So win last game of the season against the Cowboys. And with that. We close out with a two and two record in the fourth quarter of the season. That leaves me with the Giants sitting there at seven and nine. 
it leaves you sitting there with the Giants at six and ten. Only a one-game discrepancy between us in this scenario. So is this you being maybe – am I being a little optimistic, you a little pessimistic, or – do you really think there are a handful of these coin flip kind of games that could really turn this season? Well, Adam, I think you, one thing is for sure is you're not a mathematician because I have? have only the Giants only at five wins. Oh, sorry. You had, oh, sorry. You had that Browns loss. I apologize. I had you at two and two. You went one and three that final run there. I, I did indeed. So I'm sitting there at five and 11, which feels kind of right to me. I think, you know, in looking at the schedule, are there winnable games? Sure. Could one of these teams regress and the Giants progress? Sure. But the way that it stands right now, you look at some of the out-of-conference games, you know, they, they said the Giants had the seventh easiest schedule heading into this year. But when you look at that, it's not taking into account a couple of key factors. One, the Bengals were terrible last year, and they got their franchise quarterback with the number one overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So that probably changes things around for them. And secondly – you have Tampa Bay trading out Jameis Winston for Tom Brady and them coming to, to the Giants. So that's two games right there that maybe you would have chalked up as wins that now are a lot more challenging. So I, I just don't see uh, the schedule being that easy. I think it's pretty relentless. And I think five wins is right around where I see this team. Yeah, and when I look at, you know, seven and nine, I think that you can you can circle that game maybe against the Browns, even the Bengals won as well as being these kind of coin flip games. Beating any division opponent twice in one year can be a challenge as well. So that's certainly a question mark. If I if I want to go silver lining or just curiosities, again, we talked about that week four game against the Rams. Now remember, you're going to the West Coast, so that's a challenge in and of itself. But but where is this Rams team? Uh, this season by week four. The other one that I maybe take a look at is going to be saying, it's it's really difficult to find a lot of them. I'm not going to lie to you. And probably the the week eight game there with with, with the Buccaneers, just in terms of games that I think could, that are, I have as losses that could be wins. But by the way, that doesn't mean that I'm saying they're seven and nine and and you could flip it and they can go nine and seven because then I also circle the Browns game and the Bengals game and even that Steelers game week one, right? And say that those are ones that I have as wins that could very easily go the other way as losses. So, you know, I, I think the basement for the Giants for me, I'd like to set it at six, but I also think that the ceiling is a very narrow one. And, and eight and eight, which would be a glorious accomplishment for them, that would be really the ultimate achievement for this team this season, I think, is an eight and eight record. And, and five wins, by the way, is, is very much in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, that's where I, I think I have our floor probably at, at about four wins. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I, I can't see us not building upon last season. So five wins feels about right to me. It doesn't paint a very pretty picture for the Giants. But like you said, I think that the upside here is probably only about eight wins. If we go eight and eight, I'd be ecstatic uh, with the progression the Giants have made, knowing that I'm kind of looking towards uh, you know 2021 as, as a year where the Giants can start really, truly competing for division titles. Yeah, and that's why, remember, go back last year, two games against the Redskins, beat the Dolphins, Tampa Bay misses a field goal. That's the four wins that we saw last year. So, you know, you could easily say that that could have been three wins last year, even just based on the field goal alone. You know, to me, if you want to say that you're making progress under Joe Judge, I think six wins would be nice to be plus two. You know, that would be a nice accomplishment. And then to your point, the following season is where you go. And now if you, if you get to eight and eight, that would feel really good. And then you're only one 
you know, pivotal game away, one upset victory in the division from getting to nine and seven and being in those wild card playoff conversations. And that's really where I think the goal for the Giants needs to be, right? This is the stepping stone season. And then the following years where you try to accomplish it. What I'll get out on here is this. When you think about what you want to see the Giants achieve this year, regardless of wins and losses, it's about improvement, right? It's about getting the defense to maybe be a, a top 23 defense, top 24, right? That'd be a big needle mover for them offensively, offensive line stability, and maybe find ourselves being a top 20 offense. The hard part for me is, is when I start to do that, that's where I think I, that's why I end up at seven wins because I go, well, you know, if you're starting to be a top 20 offense or, you know, how high, how high does it go? And we'll get, we'll get into stat predictions for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and some of those things. But it's hard to look at it and say, I think we can improve in these areas and then not try to correlate them to wins. But as we know, you can be a better team and still win closer games. And, and that may also be the benchmarks of success for the Giants is just being competitive and having opportunities to win games, even if it doesn't translate in terms of wins and losses. Yeah, it, it felt like last year there was more games that kind of got away from us that we really didn't have a legitimate chance of, of winning. You know, you can look at some of the stats that we had a ton of one-score games going into the fourth quarter, and that's that's what Pat Shermer hung his hat on before he was relieved of his duties. But I, it just didn't feel like we were as competitive as, as we could have been last year, and, and that's why they made the switch to Joe Judge. And, and, you know, everything that we've seen so far in how he operates and the types of players he has and the messaging he's providing that they're now, you know, coming out with when they do interviews and have conversations. I'm loving all this and I feel like we will be more competitive. So I, I think, you know, my five wins seems relatively realistic, but I do think there are games on the schedule where it's going to be a field goal game either way. And that's where we want to be. We want to be competing to take that next step. And I, I think the Giants can do that. So I, I know that five wins doesn't seem very positive, but I think we're way more competitive in all of these games than we were last year. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. First four games, Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams. Even that 49ers game, just seeing how you play against the 49ers will be interesting to watch, right? Just in terms of gauging where this team is. So there's also going to be some nice things that you can learn. And Adam, the, yes. the beauty is we now have four months to flip-flop all of these predictions. I'm <laughs> guessing that by August 25th, you got the Giants going 10 and 6, winning the division, and Daniel Jones potentially dark horse sleeper MVP. I, it'll, it'll be a challenge for me to stymie myself because I think, as most Giants fans do in the offseason, as you start to hear the buzz around training camp and how some players are looking. I felt for, I've fallen prey to it every every year for the last four or five seasons. So I will massage the numbers certainly along the way. It'll be interesting to see uh, how outlandish I get now that I know I'm, I'm in some level of public spot right here. Follow us on social media at One Giant Podcast. Download, rate, review the podcast wherever you get that fulfilled for yourself. And we'll be back, man. Plenty to talk about as Andy Makowitz wants you to know, friends. Let's go Big Blue. Hey.